Hello and welcome to Better Construction with Sean McStay, the podcast where we discuss design and construction techniques, products, and details that lead to a better built environment. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Better Construction. This week, I'm happy to have with me Axel Schreier. Axel is the owner of Schreier Construction, uh, very well known in our industry, has been uh, involved with construction through uh, different companies, but also the CHBA for a number of years now. So, Axel, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course. So, uh, for the listeners who don't know who you are, maybe uh, give an intro to you. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we can go ways back, been around for a while, but actually I, I started out as a, as a timber framer, timber framing apprenticeship in uh, Munich, Germany. That's, that's, that's my roots, right? So I've been in this game uh, all, all the time. And so since my roots are in Germany, I was always interested in sort of higher performance and higher quality construction. Um, <clears throat> And then, you know, I came to Canada in the 80s and uh, sort of, uh, you know, came to Canada because I thought there's there's a lot of wood here, you know, so, you know, I'm in the wood business anyways, Um, but uh, ended up being a little disappointed in the, in, in, in the methods used back then, you know, do it as, as fast as you can, as cheap as you can get it up, you know, so I, I did that for a while, but it didn't really turned my crank too much and um, ended up in, in Whistler for the reason that I found they built a little bit, you know, some people were interested in building a little bit better here. And also with the timber framing that fit in quite well. And, uh, and I'm a skier on top of it. So, um, and uh, yeah, so that got me in the sort of the higher end, uh, higher end of the building. And then with it came, uh, finally, to try to build a little bit more energy efficient and and getting into the building science right a little bit and build a house as a system uh, all came with that higher end stuff and so I'm quite happy uh, to see now where this whole thing is going with the, with the step code and uh, you know driving uh, our our quality of building and energy efficiency up quite a bit so make, makes me quite happy. That's great. And so for you growing up in in Germany was uh, being involved in the the construction industry, timber framing, was that always of an interest to you or how did you kind of get to that point? Um, Well, I, you know, growing up, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. Right. And then I sort of figured out I I liked working wood and, and, uh, so I, I tried, you know, I tried cabinet shops and I, you know, sort of tried all types of woodworking and I kind of liked the timber framing the best, like the construction part, because you build, you know, you build bigger things so you can see what you did at the end of the day. That always impressed me a lot. So at the end of the day, sometimes we, you know, you prep uh, a roof package or something or a timber frame package in the yard somewhere and then you put it up and it's there in a couple of days. Always, you know, it's a, it's a nice thing to look at. Definitely. The end of a week. No, that's great. You yeah. can kind of see the fruits of your labor uh, relatively quickly. Yeah, yeah, I like that feeling. <laughs> that's great. So when you you came over to Canada and you mentioned uh, in the intro there that you were a little surprised by some of the things that you saw. What were some of the biggest differences to how you were building in in Germany? What you saw when you came here? 
Yeah, you know, in Germany, we always, the houses are basically mass walls, so they, they use a lot of uh, uh, brick and concrete, and, and then we put heavy timber packages as the roof packages or heavy timber floor packages. You know, you also, you know, back then we had, we also had already had like a quality of a window that's probably not quite as it is now here, but already pretty close so you come here and you see the little aluminum windows right that we had at the time and you go wow this is this is actually a little i was, I was a little shocked right yeah <laughs> and uh and you know and and two by you know still going on two by four walls and, and r12 insulation on the exterior walls back in the 80s um where you know we we did uh walls in germany that were like you know 12 inches whatever 14 inches thick um, they haven't they hadn't figured it all out yet either back then, but they were quite well on the way to to basically a passive house and high performance home stuff, right? So then I you know I came here, so you go back to uh, little aluminum windows with double pane with a quarter inch airspace in there, you know. Um, so then then I got you know I, yeah this. We got, we got to do something here. Um, so I was lucky enough to, you know, and then I'm still trying to find clients that are willing to go along with, with higher quality and energy performance, things like that. Not, not everybody is ready for it yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, you mentioned being up in Whistler, there's, uh, more interest towards that. I've, that's what I found over the years as well is yeah. it's kind of a, an interesting pocket where, there's, you know, obviously luxury homes being built, but as you know, well, luxury homes are not always high performance homes, um, mm-hmm. but there seems to be more of a confluence there. Uh, do you think it's mostly just the climate or just kind of the, the types of people who are, you know, drawn to building there? What, what maybe makes Whistler a bit different than say uh, the North Shore was uh, before Stepcoat? Right. Um, yeah, I think the clients were a little bit like some clients were quite educated, educating themselves in, in, in building and want, just wanted something better, right? So um, that doesn't mean, you know, just having, uh, uh, you know, fancy countertops and, and, uh, and stainless steel appliances, right? Like that, that's the whole thing. What, what, you know, what's a quality home? The definition of a quality home, you know, when you go with the realtors, it's the, it's the countertop and it's the, the you know, the, the stuff you see, right? But nobody sees the performance of the home, right? We still, you know, in Germany, we're selling homes now. They come with a, with a performance label. It doesn't matter. They have to put it on old houses, new houses. Here, we still don't have that. Um, so that's, you know, and, and so in Whistler, the people were a little bit more open to to go a uh, higher level and also on the building envelope and stuff like that. So we, we built a house 10 years ago, ended up being the highest performing house in BC. And I think it was 2011. So, you know, it, it's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, uh, it's great to see. Um, and you'd kind of mentioned earlier step code. I think that that's always an interesting conversation I have with my guests who are based here in BC, like I am. Um, Looking at uh, step code, you know, there, there's there's a wide range of opinions towards it. 
uh, whether mm-hmm. it's you know too much too quick or whether it's you know it's been it's about time kind of. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on kind of uh, mandating high performance construction versus it being voluntary? Yeah. Um, I I think you know I'm quite happy with uh, with the way they set it up. So so we have you know we have it. It's still voluntary for the municipality to adopt the step code at the moment, right? But for a ten-year span, I think that's quite a reasonable, um, quite a reasonable thing to do. Uh, what, what I always think is, you know, what what I was hoping is that the government actually gives some incentives for people that quickly voluntary build to a higher level. So, you know, that that's the difficulty. Like we have a guy, that, a client that was that's building a passive house, but he says, like, do I get any incentives? And there really is nothing out there, you know, it's very small. So I say, you know, really what I would like the government see doing is to have, you know, if they really want to get into it and have some substantial incentives that say, the federal government credits you the GST if you if you build a passive house or a level five, or the provincial government uh, credits you some PST or something, or the municipality is waiving the DCCs or something like that. Now now we're talking significant incentives, right? That people would go to a higher level voluntarily. Um, uh, mandating, yeah, I, I I'm I'm on board with it. Yeah. the way the program's set up right now. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that uh, you make a good point about the incentives that are available. There are certain municipalities that are starting to do that. Like, obviously, the city of Vancouver has quite a few with Passive House. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in other municipalities are starting to encourage it as well. But I'd, I'd like to see more. Um, and, and I think, to your point, a more overarching program. Um, maybe it's the provincial government that does it or someone that's, you yeah. know, levels the playing field a little bit because my concern always is um, if we don't mandate it and people can build cheaper, you know, less, less quality homes, it, it's almost negatively impacting the people who want to build better because they're not as competitive um, in the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's correct. Yeah. I agree uh, with that. So the, the other thing is I, I found out, so, sorry, can I uh, say something to the whole uh, step code level four, five, six, four, five, or passive, right? So we've done a, you know, we've done some calculations now with uh, level five and, and passive and level four and what, uh, what the differences are in cost to go from a level four to a level five or passive, right? And you know, so there's some differences in cost there, plus plus the certification and all that kind of stuff on a passive house. So you know, so some clients are going, well, maybe I don't want to spend that money. I go to a level four because really, once you get to five and passive, then the the the, the annual savings of costs are really not that great anymore. So there there might be some work to be done when you get into those high levels there down the road. <clears throat> I think for now the level four, I think is a, is a, is a very, it's a, it's a really, high, really high level that gets the house to like such a small energy cost per year. It's, it's very good. We'll, we'll have to see. And then well, level five, you do net zero and, 
I think that's where it's going to be in 10 to 12 years from now is pretty much, yeah, at zero. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think we're going to see similar to what they experienced in Norway um, when Pacifus was quite popular for quite some time. And then the codes kind of changed to the point where a code house practically was a passive house and the number of certified passive houses went way down. But if mm-hmm. you look around, almost all the buildings that were being built probably could be you know, pretty close to uh, being a passive house. I think that might be yeah. what we see here. I think within 2 or 3% anyways. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that um, when you're talking about these uh, homes with your clients, I'm curious to get your feedback on how you uh, talk about the idea of spending a bit more on the performance side of things. Because I've, I've heard a lot of feedback from people saying, kind of similar to what you just did, that because our energy costs aren't very high here, you know, the payback period, strictly looking at it from an energy savings is quite long. But as you and I know, there are a lot of other benefits to having, uh, you know, a step four, a step five house versus a code house. How do you kind of balance those when you're talking to your clients? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're talking, you know, our big thing is also, you know, comfort in the home and 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 health right like so because we also usually do a a built green or something right because we use the the high-end materials anyways already so you you usually into the range of of a built green home and people are quite interested in anti-allergenic and and this and that so so you know i kind of start on that end and then and then we're getting into the heating costs and the the measurable performance of the home and you know um people are get on board with that pretty quickly i mean if you know i i had a guy calling me okay well i want to build a house it's in the in the regional district like so they don't have the step code yet and uh so he, he you know i saw the plans fancy house you know, everything quite expensive home but he says well i want to get a building permit as quickly as i can because uh, you know they might they might adopt the step code well then i go <laughs> you know am i really am i really interested here you know like there's still people out there that try to save a couple of dollars like they they, they would build a two million dollar house and and not spend you know an extra whatever five to 10%, even to just get it to a level three or something. It's still out there, you know, so those people would be hard to convince, but you have to have a guy that's a little bit open already uh, to convince somebody like that. Then that would be a little, a little bit more work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as an experienced, uh, as an experienced high performance builder, um, if you're, you know, if someone's listening who's maybe just getting started out in construction, or maybe is a, you know, owns a small construction company, they build like one house a year. Uh, what yeah. are some of the, what are some of the tips or things you wish you maybe had learned earlier when it comes to um, building a high performance home effectively? Yeah, things that I learned earlier, you know, doesn't relate directly even to to high performance homes, but just to find the right client you want to work with right so so and and that that kind of jives in with that right it, like for me it's almost like as a as a builder le- learn and i'm still learning that part how to interview your client that you're a good match with your client and then you can actually build a good 
product like it's you know so that's the that's the first part to to try to get the client in and you almost have to interview them a little bit <clears throat> to see you know if you would be compatible with that with, with that kind of thing you know that that's that's the biggest thing i would tell about somebody starting out don't don't just don't just work for anybody yeah that's uh, so important to have uh, the, the the good clients i mean that's harder to find it's more work you, you might do a little bit less work but you know but get the good projects where you can actually do what you want to do if you want to build high performance don't let the money control everything that makes sense um, another topic that often comes up uh, with people who are in the construction industry, maybe a bit new to it, especially on the builder side, is managing communication. And so for someone with your experience, how have you worked on managing communication with clients and then mm-hmm. managing communication with uh, design team members, architects, engineers, etc.? Right. Well, Communication is, is yeah, communication, communication is, is so important, right? Like, you know, I, well, we try to be completely transparent in the office here, you know, and we communicate with the client as much as we can. We encourage them to communicate with us as much as possible or the project manager on site, you know. Um, and we, you know, of course, try to, we, we we culture really good relationships with all the sub trades so that, that that all the channels are always open everywhere um same with the engineers obviously we like to you know we like to work with a lot of uh the same engineers or or local engineers and and uh, it's not not always possible obviously you, you get a plan that's already engineered or designed by somebody so you know, obviously, you try to have the best relationships and open communication channels and always have the client involved so that they know what's going on. Very important. But, you know, ideally, and that's another thing, is um, for, for me, what I want to get into and trying to get into is the integrated design process, right, which brings us with the whole high-performance building, which is really the best way to design a building is to get everybody involved early and we, we find that we find that so much um there, there's so many things that could have been done better right like we, we get we get a house and then say there's there's no mechanical room or there's a teeny mechanical room in the far corner of the house right so that, that you know it's it's time to to really work together, and and I think obviously the step code encourages that, and that's another thing that that I'm pleased about. Encourages communication. Yeah, well, I mean, and and in order for people to have those incremental costs of going to higher performance become lower, I think that those that's going to be requirement rather than kind of a nice yeah. to have. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's that, it's a big a big cost thing. Um, we, we find so many things that we have to change in the course, right, to make it all work, and it, it didn't have to be. And so that, that's that's where a lot of the cost is going to be saved down the road is the proper design process, I think. Yeah, so as I get uh, towards the end of these episodes, I typically ask two questions. Um, and so the first one is if you had, uh, say, you know, it's kind of fun, if you had a magic wand and you could fix any one misconception that people have about better construction, 
what misconception would you get rid of? Misconception about better construction is so much more expensive than regular construction. You know, it's more expensive, but it's not. It doesn't have to be. Okay. It's, again, the, de- the design. Okay. And then the second question always is a personal interest one for me. I collect and read a lot of books. And so if you were to recommend a book, personal or professional, uh, which one would it be? The, the Elements of Building, Q. Curson. Okay. There you go. Nice. <clears throat> Good recommendation. Well, for everyone listening and watching, I'm going to put links to Axel's company down below as well as their social media. They're pretty active there. And I'm sure you can reach out if you have any questions. And with that, Axel, thanks for being on the show. Have a great rest of your day. No problem. My pleasure. Thanks, John.